some of the things that we feel we have to attain or we feel are aligned with success are sometimes related to our upbringing and also who's in the circle around us rather than what we actually desire. And sometimes also we're clouded by what we think we desire, but we haven't actually spent time to consider whether it's something we actually want or that's being influenced by other people. In her book, Conversational Intelligence, Judith Glasser wrote, to get to the next level of greatness depends on the quality of our culture, which depends on the quality of our relationships, which depends on the quality of our conversations. Everything happens through conversations. Welcome to Conversations, powered by Quantivos. Welcome to this edition of Conversations. I'm Brian Gorman, a Quantivos coach and your host on Conversations. And our guest today is Emily Paznak Lapchik, another Quantivos coach. Welcome, Emily. Thank you. I'm very excited to share this space with you today. Emily, our topic today is success on your own terms. I don't think this is a topic that would have even surfaced. 10, 15, 20 years ago. What makes this topic so important to you? I think it's a combination of uh, both my my personal experience in kind of branching out and redefining success on my own terms, but really as, as a coach and just as a human being, seeing all of the ways that all of us receive messages about what success looks like and that very much shapes the way that we show up, the way that we look at ourselves, the the values that we hold. And I'm really passionate about supporting people to start to shake off the narratives that have been imposed on them and really create ones that serve them, that are aligned with the life that they have, the dreams that they have on, on their own terms and not in relationship to what anyone else thinks they should do. This has been an important topic for me in some ways for my entire professional life. And yet I very rarely have focused on it, but just to pick up on what you're talking about, that those narratives that we hear. My brother graduated from college in 1969, went to work for his first employer and retired from that first employer decades later. My sister actually had two employers, although she shifted from one to the second, then back to the first before she retired. I don't know how many employers I've had in how many career fields <laughs> in nonprofit <laughs> and for-profit internal consulting coaching. And my father would always say, when are you going to get a real job? And yet for me, every one of them was a real job. So again, that lifelong contract, if you will, between employer and employed um, is one of the things that has gone away and it actually went away a long time ago. But what are some of those other narratives that people unfortunately live into? Yeah, thank you for sharing your own experience and even the, some of the ways that you've rebelled against a traditional linear path. 
you know, career is is a big one. It's also related to relationships. So there's a huge expectation in our society and culture around getting married, settled down, even being with one partner. Um, also, you know, as we're seeing across the U.S. right now as well, like who you fall in love with and who you're in partnership um, as well. So I have a, a lot of clients from the LGBTQIA plus community and they don't fit on that traditional um, career path and, and relationship path and expectations. Um, other narratives around success are around education. So how much education you attain, where you attain your education from. Uh, related to career is also income. There's a big expectation, not only that you have a career, but also that you're constantly moving up and constantly making more and more money. And also, uh, as we're seeing shift and change as as time goes on as well, but a lot of expectations around family. Uh, as someone who's you know been grown up and socialized as a woman, there's constantly expectations that I'm going to have children, that I desire children. Um, so we get it from all different angles, and as it relates to our personal lives, as it relates to our career, um, you know where we live, who we love, where we go to work, it's really comes from from many different angles. I want to pick up on two of those points with brief story. Early on in my coaching career, I had a client who wanted to work with me because he had just quit his job mid-career to go back to school for his PhD. And I asked him what his motivation for doing that was. And he said, I'm the only person in my family without one. I sort of shivered inside. Mm. But as a coach, my job wasn't to try to convince him he was making mistakes, which I thought he was. But if I had taken that route, he'd still be angry with me today <laughs> because I had talked him out of his his supposed dream. He lasted in that program two days, mm. two days. And then he came back and he said, help me find what I'm really meant to be doing. Mm. More and more. I'm getting clients, as you talk about that career path, that climbing the ladder, that generating more and more income, I'm getting clients who are saying, I love my job. I'm passionate about what I'm doing. Or I don't love my job anymore. There's a job on the other side of the organization that is calling to me. For organizations to be able to recognize those callings, if you will, I think is becoming increasingly important. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for sharing that story. And uh, that's a, a beautiful illustration of how um, some of the things that we feel we have to attain or we feel are aligned with success are sometimes related to our upbringing and also who who's in the circle around us uh, rather than what we actually desire. And sometimes also we're clouded by what we think um, what we think we desire, but we haven't actually spent time to consider whether it's something we actually want or that's being influenced by other people. Um, so it's wonderful that your client had your support to come back to and really get that clarity that they were looking for. And as it comes to organizations, I think this is a, a huge conversation to be having because there are um, there's desire for for growth and for learning and not not always like moving up in the organization. Sometimes when people move up, they're further away from the work that they enjoy doing or people, as we see very commonly, people are promoted to be managers of the work 
and aren't supported to be managers maybe don't even have a desire to manage people. It's a totally different skill set and a totally different role. So getting really creative on what are some of the other ways that we can support people in career advancement that are a little bit outside of the traditional way that has that's been done in the past. How does somebody know whether the success they're seeking is on their own terms or not? It's a great question. Uh, so there's a, a path of self-inquiry and some questions that you can ask yourself. One is very basic, just starting like when you think of the word success, when you hear that word, like what comes to mind and being as specific as possible and thinking about, you know, where does that where do those definitions come from? Did they come from society? Did they come from your parents, from colleagues, from teachers? Um, what were the messages that you received growing up? And related maybe to the story you were just telling as well, what expectations did other people have for you as it related to success? Using your story about kind of a nonlinear path and some of the questions you got as well, like what are some of the narratives around success that you've maybe rejected or you've, you know, figured out what an alternative definition is for yourself? And once you spend some time kind of thinking about those things, then starting to understand, um, you know, which of those do I truly believe in? Which of those align with the values that I have? Which of those narratives align with the, you know, the if I were to dream up what my life could look like, you know, what definitions of success actually align with these? Um, and and start because there's nothing, you know, sometimes we're raised with a narrative around success from our family and we love it and we we want to adopt it and it works for us. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. It is a process of just understanding are these things that actually serve you? Are they aligned with your values or are things that you've just inherited and really haven't spent time thinking about whether it's something that, that you actually believe in. I love that invitation for self-reflection. I think that's such an important part of how we truly grow, not just in terms of our knowledge, but in terms of our wisdom and our completeness as well. Mm. Yeah. I think related to that as well as, um, you know, when you think about these narratives around success, uh, how have they influenced the decisions that you've made and how do they also influence how you perceive other people? Because, you know, when we think of success, sometimes we have people that we idolize or that we're inspired by and we're drawn to. And that can, you know, can be a model for us to work towards. And in other ways, some of those narratives of success can make us feel bad about ourselves and can make us feel inadequate as well. So figuring out uh, what's, you know, again, what do you want success to look like? And who are some people that embody the type of success that you would enjoy? A couple of things again come to mind as you're talking around around this topic. The first is story. And we all are excellent storytellers. We are telling ourselves stories all the time. <laughs> and we believe them and they become our truths. Mm. And so when you reflect on on the kinds of questions that you were, were talking about, Emily, um, how does that change the story mm. that you want to tell yourself? Because if you change that story, you can change your life, quite mm. literally. 
it's a really powerful question and and thing to reflect on because you're absolutely right by understanding how we can change our story and understanding that, you know, in even in small ways, we have control over our story and and of the story that we tell ourselves and can uh, shift that to be one that serves us. So, you know, in using my own experience as an example, um, when I was, you know, younger and growing up, I had uh, my father is like very, very successful in, in a lot of different ways. And he's very passionate about what he does. And he's built an amazing career and life for himself based on that. And he also like works really, really hard and works a lot. And he's constantly in, in service to others and managed to be also, you know, really present in my life growing up and uh, really present for, for my mom as well. And as I was a young professional, I was like very dedicated to work and my career made up so much of my identity and so much of my idea of success was directly tied to my career. Um, But that also meant, you know, my sense of self-worth was tied to my career as well. And I would pour myself into it and not do as much to care for myself. And that made me kind of sit in cycles of burnout. So I actually came to to a point of redefining success for myself out of necessity because I started to realize this type of lifestyle, this idea of success that I've, the story that I've told myself of what it means to be successful, which means to constantly be pouring myself into work and pouring myself into others, um, isn't sustainable. And actually, I'm not able to show up and serve others in as much of a capacity when I'm constantly exhausted and tired and aren't caring for myself as well. So that was a, a story that I had that I've had to shift over time. And now my concept of success in involves a lot of rest and enjoyment and playfulness in addition to the the hard work and serving others. Earlier in our conversation, you mentioned values and success on your own terms for me is very much also success in being true to your values. And it's not easy. (laughs) Sometimes it's darn difficult. Back many years ago, I was a, a fundraiser and was very successful at it. And in fact, had managed to put in place a program that was generating in its third year, 189% of what it was generating when I first came in. And so I was approved a new entry level position and I was working in the university system I don't know if this is true now, but certainly then every professional position had to do a national search. We formed a search committee. They did a national search. They came back and said, your administrative assistant is the best candidate for this job. And I went in to talk to my boss and I I was excited because if I had just gone out to interview people, she's the one I was sure I would have selected. And my boss looked at me, he said, we don't promote clerical people into professional positions in this organization. Mm. You'll have to hire someone else. And uh, I mean, I was 33 at the time, 32 maybe. Um, I don't know where this came from, but I looked at my boss and I said, no, I don't have to hire somebody else. If you want somebody else in the position, you'll have to hire someone else because she is the best candidate. Mm. In fact, 
know, understandably, she quit because they hired somebody else and filed a discrimination suit. And I ended up testifying against my boss. That was living into my values. Mm. My boss and his boss took me out to lunch and they said, we can't fire you because everybody in the university, and there were probably 30,000, 40,000 employees at the university. Everybody in the university knows how successful you've been, you've been but we're going to make your life a living hell. And they did um, to the point where I ended up sick and, and on sick leave for about two months, I think. But I was still successful. Mm. I was still successful, you know, on my terms that I had done what I ethically, morally believed was the right thing. I have no idea where that boss is today. Carol, that former executive assistant, is still a friend of mine. Mm. Thank you so much for, for sharing that story. And it's a beautiful illustration again of how how a definition of success can be outside of the bounds. Because in this situation, you're putting your job at risk, you're, you know, things that um, might feel unsuccessful. But as you said, it was a success because you stuck to your values. You did what you believed in. And and you, you know, have now maintained a relationship as well with the, the person that you believed was was right for the job and uh, separated out folks whose values didn't align with you. And um you know, that's something that is important to remember as you start to adopt new definitions or new ways of living your life is that people will question you and you can make other people uncomfortable when you're living outside of the boundaries of what, you know, society has deemed as appropriate. Um, and that can be challenging. And there's a, there's a lot of difficulties that can come from it. And as you're uh, demonstrating years later, looking back on it, to be able to live in integrity with yourself and with your values is, I mean, what a beautiful definition of success that is. As you think about your own clients, what are one or two stories of people really redefining how they define their career, how they chose their path forward? Yeah, uh, there's there's several examples. So I'm, I'm going to take a moment to think of who who I'd love to lift up. Um, okay, so there's, there's one client I've been working with for about a year now. And when we started working together, uh, she was very, very focused on wanting to advance in her career. And she was dealing with a lot of self-judgment, a lot of um, self-doubt. She was also, without knowing it, um, living within a lot of the narratives that other people had imposed on her, um, but that she had like fully adopted. And at that point, she, you know, she was living her life by. Um, and as we started working together, you know, initially, when a lot of my clients come to work with me, they want to focus on a career change. And because I believe that we're holistic beings, we cover, you know, themselves as a holistic person and often end up unearthing a lot more beyond that so that their career can be more in line with their values. Um, and as we worked through this for her, she started to understand that a lot of the 
a lot of the desire that she had to move up was not actually her own. She was really comfortable in the job that she was doing. She loved the role that she had. And she actually had a lot of like fears and hesitations around fear isn't the right word, but a lot of hesitations around moving up because she she does youth programming. So she really wanted to continue to be engaging with the youth and knowing that an advancement in her career, um, which again was what she felt like she had to do was going to actually remove her from that. Um, So as we worked through that and she got really clear on that, she then also started to kind of believe in herself more. That self-judgment faded away. Uh, She started thinking about creative ways that she could um, that she could do her work. And what's been really amazing is, you know, over the course of a little over a year, having this this woman who had, again, just like how she would describe it is like she couldn't even make a decision on her own. She struggled to make decisions. That's how much she didn't believe in herself. And two weeks ago, we had a call and she came and said, so this is the first time I'm sharing this idea with someone beyond my partner, but I've started to do some research. I've noticed some gaps in the the community that I'm living in, and I'd really love to launch my own nonprofit serving youth. And for me, this is a beautiful illustration of how she figured out, you know what, I don't actually want to advance in the corporate ladder. And and when she's talking about the nonprofit, she's explicitly saying, my goal is not to make money. I'm starting a nonprofit. My goal is to live in line with my values, to be able to do work that's meaningful to me, to be able to give back to a community that means a lot for me. And those are the things that she finds to be successful. And now she's in that dreaming space because she's like shook off these expectations from other people and to to be able to just witness someone go from you know not even feeling that they deserved a promotion not even feeling that they deserved uh, to apply for a job let alone get a job to now being in a dreaming mode of creating their own nonprofit is incredible it's a beautiful story thank you and i think beyond sort of the living into her purpose the the succeeding in her definition of what success is her, you know, you're talking about her ability to make decisions and take actions and so forth. It sounds like her life has become more fully her own, not just in the path that she's following, but in how she's living on that path. Oh, absolutely. Um, she's like her and her partner have now moved. They've like found a new community that they love. She's taken up several hobbies and gotten uh, trained in kind of like things that I, I would be scared to do. So she's demonstrating like so much courage in herself and excitement. So yeah, even further beyond, as you're saying, she's really creating a life on her terms and the way that she wants. And that is, again, redefining success for for yourself, what it means to you and not what anyone else's expectations are. And again, as as we've said, that doesn't necessarily make it the easy path. Mm. And you know, certainly for me, it's made it the fulfilling path. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Emily, anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners on succeeding on your terms? Yeah, I would love to suggest since we got to the values, like getting clear on what your values currently are. And I, I think a common thing that I see with folks is that 
sometimes we say, I want to live in line with my values, but without having really defined those values and understanding why they're important to you, that's such a crucial step in being able to live life on your terms. And also recognizing that as you start to you know, redefine success as you start to build your life in a different way. There are these moments of discomfort and there are these moments of challenge because you're breaking out of whether it's societal norms, you're breaking out of your own norms. And as you've demonstrated several times, like just keep staying on the path and continuing to push through that and reminding yourself of why you're doing that, reminding yourself of your values. Because as you said, Brian, on the other side of that is, um, is fulfillment and is joy. And again, that integrity with self is one of the most beautiful feelings that you can have. And um, anyone has that accessible to them. Emily Paznak Lapchik, thank you for this conversation. Thank you so much, Brian. And thank you for your own stories to illustrate this topic as well. 